0: Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. I'm revved up and so excited to share with you today a very special guest by the name of David Lillywhite. He's calling in from Petersborough, just north of London in the UK. David Lillywhite is the editorial director at House Media. David ran away from an engineering career to join the UK automotive publishing circus back in 1992 and has been involved with classic car publications ever since. In 2003, he was co-founder of Octane Magazine, which he edited until leaving in 2017. After a year practicing the dark arts of digital publishing, he returned to print to co-found the new quarterly magazine Magneto. In between magazine deadlines, he's owned more than 40 classic cars, several of which he's restored himself at his home. And he's raced a catarum and an Austin A35. Currently receiving his wrenching, welding, and hammering attention are his grandfather's 1971 Saab 96 V4, a 96 ProDrive Subaru Impreza WRX wagon, and a 1976 Zip shadow erasing Cart. This guy has some eclectic taste. I can't wait to talk to him. We're going to talk to David in just a minute, but first a word from our valued sponsors that make this show possible. So sit tight, stay buckled up, and we'll be right back. The most damaging thing to your vehicle's interior isn't that drink your kids spilled in the backseat. It's the sun. Harsh UV rays damage your interior over time, they crack your dash, they fade the colors inside your car, and the heat makes getting into your favorite ride downright unbearable. My friends at Covercraft have the perfect solution for you. Their sunscreens are easy to use, they take seconds to install, and they protect your vehicle while parked in the harsh sun. They fold up easily and store away for those times you don't want to use your car cover. I have one for every one of my vehicles, and you should too. They come in a variety of colors and options, feature an accordion design that makes unfolding and folding them up a breeze. Want to give a gift that keeps on giving? Buy a sunscreen for your family members and your friends. They're custom made and fit almost any vehicle. Check out Covercraft.com for a huge number of styles, colors, and options that you're sure to love. And I've got a deal for you. If you use the code YEAH120, that's yeah H One Two Zero at Covercraft.com, you get 10% off your Covercraft order. Go to Covercraft.com and use the code YEAH120 at checkout, and you've got a deal. That's Covercraft.com. Use the code YEAH120 at checkout. Covercraft, they've got you covered. Get your sunscreen today. You'll thank me for it later. What do you do after running a race team for 27 years with over 100 professional wins, multiple wins at the 24-hour of Daytona, and a win at Le Mans? Well, if you're Kevin Buckler, racer and the racing group's team owner, you create Adobe Road Winery. Located in Petaluma, California, he and his team have created a winning combination with the Racing Series, four ultra-premium red wine blends that are in a class of their own. Like racing, these wines comprise of art, precision, engineering, science, and a whole lot of fun. You can choose from four blends titled Redline, Apex, Shift, and the 24. Today I'm going to tell you about Redline. It's a rich and complex blend delivering a taste of ripe blackberries, black cherry licorice, and a hint of toasty oak. An added very cool option is that this features the world's first interactive wine label. That's right. When you pour the wine, the three-dimensional tachometer actually hits the red line. It's incredible. The Racing Series is a killer gift for the automotive enthusiast in your life, and I've got a deal for you. If you use the code yeah, all one word in all caps, when you go to checkout, you'll get $10 off any purchase of wines from the Racing Series. The wine ships promptly and arrives quickly right at your door. Use the code Checkoff for $10 off of your purchase today. There's always a seat at the table for excellence with the racing series. Go to adoberoadwines.com and use the code CARSYEAH to save $10 today. (laughs) Cheers! The fourth annual Saratoga Motor Car Auction will take place on Friday, September 18th, and Saturday, September 19th. It will be held at the Saratoga Performing Arts Center in the beautiful Saratoga Spa State Park, located in upstate New York. Presented by the Saratoga Automobile Museum, a not-for-profit institution, this live event continues to be the premier collector car auction for the Northeastern United States. Proceeds from the auctions help support the museum's educational programs and exhibits that engage, educate, and inspire the automotive community. To consign your vehicle, view current inventory, and register to bid, visit SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. There you can learn how finance partner J.J. Best Bank and insurer partner Haggerty can help put you in your dream vehicle. That's SaratogaMotorCarAuctions.org. Hey, David. Welcome to Cars Yeah, my friend. Are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? always all right good to have you here you know one of the things I always start with is I want to ask you what's one little thing that most people don't know about you
1: well I don't think my friends will be very surprised by this but um although I generally write about fairly upmarket cars actually my taste is is terrible cars (laughs) it's uh you know I always like the underdog it must be an English thing
0: Well, you know, it's funny, and I'm laughing at that because of my intro, obviously, some very interesting machinery. And you'll see on David's show notes page on the Cars website a little bit of a rough-and-tumble Carmagia picture he sent me. I believe you were with Wayne Creaney that day going to the Concorde de Le Mans lemons for those of you who don't speak french i think it's pretty funny that uh, you say that as a starting point i think we're going to learn a little bit more about you david as we walk through your life but first i want you to share a success or a mantra some kind of saying that has meaning for you nice way to get the uh rust off the, the the body and the tires turning here on cars yeah so david grab the wheel
1: okay well supposedly barry sheen said this the motorcycle racer he said don't wait for your ship to come in swim out and meet the bloody thing
0: well, I love that, and that's the first time that quote's been used here. Tell me how you've applied that concept to your life and what you like to do.
1: I think it's been with things like Octane and Magneto. You know, back in the late, uh, the early two thousands, um, I was working for various car magazines, and I was just getting fed up with the way they were going, and they were all being dumbed down. And I thought, there's no need for this. The market doesn't want dumbed down. So that's what prompted Octane, and then. A year or so ago, again, I was just thinking, really, the market's going up and up. They want quality in their cars. They want quality in their magazines. And every magazine is reducing paper stock and uh, just not really going for the in-depth stories anymore. And um, so there you go. There comes Magneto. And then along came uh, the lockdown with the pandemic, and everyone was moaning about no shows to go to. So we're just about to launch a virtual concourse as well. So I I guess... You know, it sounds like a, a terrible plug for all the things I've done, but that is very much my philosophy of doing things.
0: Well, I love that whole concept. And it's really about just getting down to work and getting things done and making changes and don't sit around and wait for things to happen. So uh, I commend you for what you've done. Let's talk a little bit about Hothouse Media, what you're doing these days. What has you excited to get you out of bed every day and get to work and swim out to the ship and, and make things happen?
1: It's putting together Magneto is just really good fun. Uh, We've got an amazing designer. So you kind of come up with an idea. Like for issue two, we had a a feature on Enzo Ferrari and we wanted a cover that looked a bit different. And I said to Peter, the designer, look, what about the famous Enzo Ferrari um, glasses, the dark glasses he always wore? Mm -hmm. So in the end, the cover was just a bright yellow cover, the sort of gallow fly yellow that Ferrari used with a pair of the proper Enzo Ferrari sunglasses photographed across the front. And that was it. That was the cover. And it looks so striking. So it's those kind of sort of creative things with the designer and it's coming up with new feature ideas and talking to all the car guys around. And there's just nothing better.
0: Yeah, it's really exciting to me. And, you know, we all know what's Happen over the last say five years maybe even longer than that with magazines it's been a struggle and here in the United States there was a point where I had 40 magazine subscriptions every month and wow yeah and uh, but you know I love cars and I, I love graphics and design that was part of what my past was so I enjoyed them and you mentioned something there earlier about dumbing down and I just started seeing that happening in a lot of publications and eventually they all started going away and then a local publisher over here pete stout who publishes triple zero magazine which i love porsche's so worked well for me i was a uh, an easy catch as a subscriber there but it it was expensive because it's quarterly and it's 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 pricey. So I just decided, you know what? There's a bunch of these magazines that I just don't read anymore. They're not engaging me anymore. Whether that's me or whether that's them dumbing things down. And so I canceled, I think, up to 20 and used that money to subscribe to Triple Zero. And I get a lot more out of it. Uh, it's a lot more enjoyable for me. All the other stuff I can find online. So I love the fact that you're trying to do something very different out there. Let our listeners know more about What's your vision with Magneto? Why should they subscribe to this, even on this side of the pond, and enjoy this publication? And is there a digital format for this publication that's also
1: available? Okay, so Magneto, it's four times a year, so it kind of doesn't overwhelm you. You know you're getting to the point where, as you say, you're getting all these magazines come through in their envelopes, and you get one through and you think, oh no, I've not even unwrapped the previous one. Because you've got so much information via the internet anyway, so much digital information out there. So the idea of Magneto is to be that something really special that you sit back and relax to read. Great entertaining features, things hopefully you haven't read before. Curated content that you wouldn't be able to search for on the internet necessarily. And because that's the idea of it, then we've really gone for it with the the paper stock. So it's beautiful paper it even smells right you know if you were really into magazines you open a magazine <laughs> yes. for the first time yeah. and it smells right and uh magneto's got that
0: <laughs> does it smell like oil and gasoline
1: <laughs> not, quite. <laughs> not quite no that's what we could do with that little scratch and sniff part of it
0: well you know maybe there's an opportunity it's funny you say that because there's a couple magazines i get i still get Cavallino, which is a ferrari magazine by john barnes an old friend of mine and when you open that it just smells like Well, I used to go to a lot of press checks, so I know what press rooms smell like, and I just it brings back all this flood of memories because it's very heavy paper, beautiful, crisp, bright, and there's this fresh smell that happens. Same with triple zero. So I like the fact that you say what you're saying. So, what else about the publication makes it unique and different?
1: Okay, I think very much the the type of cars and also the the writers we have. When Sir Sterling Moss passed away a few weeks ago, very sad, but we immediately got on to um Doug Nye who's really the world's leading motoring uh, motorsport historian yes. and he was friends with, really good friends with sterling and he wrote this really beautiful piece about his friendship with sterling and the fact that we can do that and go to absolutely the best writers in the world i think that sets us aside and we do make sure to do that with every issue you mentioned digital earlier yes and When the uh, pandemic hit, we thought, well, actually, you know, those people who are lucky enough to be able to be sitting back and reading things and feeling a bit bored, maybe we should just help them along a bit. So we actually um, changed our policy and decided we would do a digital page-turner version of Magneto. And the first four issues we put out for free via emails and um, social media just a link on each one and uh, now we're selling those quite cheaply as well on on the latest issues just to make it a little bit more accessible for people but really the true magneto experience is print
0: i guess as i'm old school a little bit it's just something nice about as you say sitting back maybe you have a, a nice drink in your hand and you sit back and you spend some time enjoying it get away from the computer get away from the phone and just kind of indulge in the pleasures of the visual and the feel of the paper, the tactile page turn and all that. So I'm happy to hear that you're doing that. Uh, Obviously, people here in the United States can subscribe, correct?
1: Absolutely. Yep. If you don't mind me plugging it, then I will say magnetomagazine.com and subscriptions or single copies are available via that anywhere in the world.
0: Absolutely. No, we're all about uh, self-plugging here. That's a weird way to say (laughs) it, but yes, (laughs) exactly. We're all about supporting uh, guests here. That's why I wanted to have you on the show. Just to let people know more about your publication that maybe don't know about it on this side of the pond, as they say. You know, one of the things I always like to ask my guests is to share a big challenge or even a big failure that they face in their career their life it doesn't really matter what it was but i want you to take us on that journey but more importantly what was the learning lesson there you seem like a guy who's when he's done with something he's ready to do something new he doesn't sit around and wait you just swim out to the ship as you say and get on a new ride so walk us through one of those times in your life but more importantly how did that particular experience help you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career or your business or your life
1: okay i think the one The big one for me was when I left Octane because Octane was my baby. We launched it in 2003. There were four of us who started it. We sold it onto a publishing company, but we stayed with it. And as I said, I, or as you said, I left in 2017 and I went off to do, launch a classic car website. That was pretty hard in itself because it was after all those years, it was kind of Completely new challenge, a new team, new company. And we started to do pretty well with it. And I learned a lot. My learning curve was incredibly steep, which is a great thing. But I was kind of exhausted. And then the parent company started to get in trouble. So after about a year, they were reducing the budget. And although the website was working well, we were really struggling for budget. And it looked like we might have to make people redundant. And the two of us, myself and Jeff Love, who were running this, we both had a chat with each other and said, actually, we're taking a lot of the money here as the most senior employees. We've set it up. The guys who are doing it can carry on doing it. They might not be able to grow it much further for a while, but let's step back. And so we both stepped back from it without anywhere else to go. And uh, when we kind of announced this to the um, parent company, we were told, "All right, you've got forty-eight hours to leave." Oh God! So that was pretty harsh. Well, yeah. yeah, it's like you had uh. some
0: care for your teammates, your colleagues, your mates there, and then all of a sudden the boss goes, "All right, get out of here." I mean, that's that's pretty harsh. I I get it in some respect because companies sometimes uh, look beyond their people. Let's just put it that way, and they don't see true kindness. They don't trust. That must have been
1: harsh. It was kind of um, yeah. It was was a bit of a shock. Yeah, Um, yeah, that's true. It is.
0: Yeah, good way to put it.
1: Yeah, and I, well, I thought I'd go freelance. I thought, you know, I was freelance before Octane for a little while. I thought, yeah, let's go freelance. And actually, when I went back to being freelance, I realized that I really missed running an editorial team and working with a designer and just having all that input. And actually, there were plenty of really good freelancers out there. The world didn't need another one. (laughs) So Jeff and I met up again and got chatting. And of course, that's where Magneto came from. And I should point out that Octane started in exactly the same way, also with Jeff. So we worked together for years. uh, And that started in a pub from uh, us having a beer and saying, (laughs) wouldn't it be great to do another magazine? So, once again, beer and a strange situation employment wise, launched another magazine.
0: Yeah, I think it's fantastic. You know, when I originally reached out to to you guys, I reached out to your cohort there and um, he said, you know, I think you should talk to David. He might be a better fit for you for the kind of show that you do. So I appreciate that. He's always welcome to come on the show if he'd like to in the future. But I think it's a wonderful story. And, you know, challenge and adversity uh, many times and it's cliche opens other doorways. If you can look and find that doorway to open. Definitely being a guy who swims out to a ship versus waiting for it, uh, you found another <laughs> doorway pretty quick. So thanks for sharing that story. Uh, I understand. I've seen that happen many, many times where people uh, have good intent and then their rug is just yanked right out from under underneath them. It's... Not much fun, that's for sure. I've been on the receiving end of that one myself. So uh, kudos to you for finding a new way and reinventing yourself. And this new ma- magazine, this new publication is fantastic. Let's take a break. Uh, we'll thank some sponsors here. And then we come back. I want to talk a little bit with you, David, about your passion for cars, your history with cars, because I gave that tease on the bio. You are playing with some very interesting things, uh, especially your grandfather's cars. So sit tight, everybody. Stay buckled up. We'll be right back. Let's step away from the conversation to talk about our charity of choice here at Cars yeah, America's Automotive Trust. America's Automotive Trust is a group of like-minded nonprofits that are working together to preserve and promote car culture across the country. Together, they provide scholarships and grants to aspiring technicians and restoration artists. They provide youth education programs and bring communities together through automotive-related events, car shows, and drives. Among those nonprofits is RPM Foundation, a terrific organization working to keep our favorite collector cars on the road. RPM was created to ensure that the specialized skills needed to care for classic automobiles, boats, and motorcycles continue to be passed down from generation to generation. They do this by supporting training for young people with a passion for restoration and setting them up with mentors who can share their valuable knowledge. So far, they've awarded more than $3.5 million to restoration education projects across 35 states. Incredible. To learn more about RPM or to donate to their mission, visit www.rpm.foundation. You'll be glad you did. and the latest auction sales. Go to sportscarmarket.com and subscribe today. And don't miss my weekly podcast with Keith Martin titled Buy, Sell, Hold. It's the essence of collecting. We talk to the movers and shakers in the collector car world. Here's a couple deals I have for you just for listening here on Cars Yeah. If you use the checkout code Yeah, you'll receive a 50% discount on your digital subscription at sportscarmarket.com. That's an exclusive offer from Cars Yeah. And guess what? Here's another deal. If you'd like to get the actual magazine, use the code BSH for buy, sell, hold. That's code BSH and you'll get $10 off your annual print subscription. That's right. $10 off. Both of these are exclusive offers here at Cars yeah for Sports Car Market Magazine. Just go to sportscarmarket.com and get your deals today. All right, we're back, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit with David about cars. So I'd love to hear a story from you, David, that instigated this passion that you have for cars. Is there a pivotal moment in your life when you knew you were going to be a car guy?
1: Maybe I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I think there was. And um, it's always down to your dad, isn't it, or to your granddad? But. We always had cars around, and we had a, an inspection pit in our, in the garage. Uh, so, a lot of my dad's friends would come around, and at the time, this is mid 70s, mm-hmm. they would come around in MGBs and MG Midgets and Frog Eyes or Bug Eyes to, to you guys. <laughs> and uh, they'd be using the inspection pit. So, yeah. I was kind of surrounded by all these interesting cars turning up for starters. And there were lots of pictures of my dad and my mum and dad, actually, um, driving around in a in a bug eye. And also a Stutz, would you believe, that wow. my dad had found as a barn find and had got running and then sold on uh, in the late 60s. So there was that history there. But what really changed, I think, for me was my dad went off and he hired a truck uh, and he was going off to collect an Austin 7 restoration project. That he'd um, he he'd found now Austin Seven is absolutely tiny, you know, 1920s British car. But he got to the place and he found that they actually had two or three Austin Sevens there, and he could get them all into the truck <laughs> if he cut them into pieces. Oh, if he so cut he came off? back. <laughs> oh yeah. my gosh! So he cut each one in half. Oh my gosh! Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it made sense at the time. Yeah, yeah. But. Yeah, I remember him turning up in the truck and we unloaded it. And I was probably seven or eight at the time, something like that. And they kind of became my playground um, because nothing much got done on them. Uh, My dad was busy and had a house to look after and, uh, you know, three kids. So instead, we just used to play on all these Austin Sevens. And just that I can still kind of almost smell the smell in the garage of this old 1920s car and all these bits and discovering different bits and working out what they did and uh i think that set me up really for for where i am now
0: well it sounds like it what a wonderful memory how about a first special car for you is there a vehicle in your life that you finally got you're really excited about that brings back some great memories
1: again it's a bit of hindsight here because I kept working up to certain things like I had a, I've had a Porsche 914, I've had a Citroen SM, things like that. But when you look back, I think it was one of my first cars, really, that again changed everything that I have the most affection for and I had a series of Mark 1 Escorts and Mark 2 Escorts a so rear wheel drive, 1970s. And I one of them I built with a two litre engine and Weber side draft carburetors, Bilstein suspension. And I got... Basically, I got pulled over by the police for speeding around around about twice while trying to set up the Bilsteins. Um, they were just waiting for you to come back. Exactly that. The guy said, we would to let you off once, but twice. Yeah. No way. <laughs> this is a bit of a long build up to the to the favorite car. Yeah. But I got points on my license and a great big fine, which I couldn't afford because I was a student. I then parked the car up a few weeks later and uh, it was stolen from, from university. Oh, no. Oh. Of course, then trying to insure something when I said, yes, I've been done for dangerous driving and I've just had a car stolen. Yeah, you're a bad and risk. <laughs> exactly. I was doomed. So I, I thought, well, maybe the cheap thing to do would be to buy a, a, a proper classic car. And I bought a 1965 Triumph Herald. Again, a little British okay. car, very simple. Yeah. And that kind of set me off on the road again. And um, weirdly, it helped me get my first job in a magazine as well.
0: Really? How did it do that?
1: Well, I was uh, after my degree, I went to um, Marconi as an engineering graduate. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the laboratories there, everybody was into cars. So we had car magazines everywhere. And I was reading these and thinking, actually, I'd much rather be writing about cars than, than sat at Marconi. Yeah. We were a little bit bored at the time. And um, so I, I wrote to a load of the magazines. And this one magazine, Practical Classics, wrote back and said, we've just had somebody resign. Would you come up for an interview? The day of the interview was really snowy. I was about 70 miles away from the base of the magazine. It was foggy. It was awful weather. And I turned up in the Triumph Herald and they were like, wow, that's <laughs> they were, brilliant. You, they were you, know, you drive it in terrible weather. <laughs> yeah. Of course, it was the only car I had. I, I had no choice. Right. But um, they liked it so much. I think that helped me get the job.
0: Ah, very interesting. Well, yeah, no doubt. There's a true blue car car guy. We want him around here writing about things. Well, I think it's very interesting you went from an engineering background into what you're doing now. But I assume it's because you found that to be your passion, right?
1: Exactly that. Yeah. It it kind of always was. Cars and bikes. And Yeah, I I should have realized that slightly earlier in my career, but that was fine.
0: Well, sometimes it takes a while to find our path. Well, here's a bit of an introspective question for you, David. If you woke up tomorrow and you're a vehicle, actually manifested as a vehicle, not what you want to be, but how you perceive yourself as some type of vehicle, what would David Lillywhite be and why?
1: Yeah, I sweated over this. And actually, the more I thought about (laughs) it, (laughs) I thought, I'm going to be pretty modest here because I am. I think I'm quite... Modest. I I might not be coming across as that at the moment, but I'm I'm kind of quite a happy guy. I'm easygoing. I think I'm quite dependable for people and pretty low maintenance. Mm -hmm. So I reckon Volkswagen Beetle or Bug.
0: Okay, no, I like it.
1: The only caveat to that is people often say they sound a bit flatulent, and I'd like to point out that I <laughs> don't sound like that. You're
0: much more careful about what you eat. Well,
1: exactly. I think it's fun. You know, the VW Bug is loved by pretty
0: much everybody. I have a neighbor across the street who's had a '57 for quite some time. He's 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 getting a little older, and it's time to let it go. And I saw him pull it out the other day, and he was cleaning it up. And he said, "Yeah, time to let it go." And you just you just love those things when you look at them. I mean, they're just fun. Uh, I had a Gia in my past, but my sister had a bug and uh, my son learned how to drive in a 1973 bug when he was eight years old. So out on a farm. So everybody loves a bug. Everybody loves David. So it makes sense to me. I think it's perfect. Well, we are entering what I call the last lap. I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some quick blips of that bug throttle, that mighty flatulent sound. So here we go. Would you you share one? He always makes people laugh, doesn't it? Would you share, especially me, would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed
1: to your many successes in life? I think it's quite a simple one, actually. I try to treat everyone as I'd want to be treated.
0: Yeah. Pretty simple, the basic golden rule. How about if I could arrange for you to sit down and have a drink or a meal with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased? Who would it be?
1: So difficult, but yeah. thought about this a lot, and I think Colin Chapman, mm. Colin Chapman of Lotus, it just fascinates me.
0: Yeah, he is a very interesting guy. One of the well, I think the first Lotus I ever drove was an Elite, and an uh, old Elite, and. It's just a delightful car, but it was so delicate, and that represented Colin Chapman's idea of lightweight. And then uh, I owned, the, my first Lotus I ever owned was a 1960 Formula Junior a Lotus 18 that I raced for many years. And every time I got in that car, I, part of me said, thank you, Colin. The other part of me says, I hope I don't die, Colin, uh, because it was just no protection around you. Those little tubes, a uh, little delicate steering wheel. I mean, everything about it was light, delicate, but it was sure, sure was a lot of fun. So yeah, he seemed to be a very, very interesting character. Now, when it comes to automotive advice, what's the best advice someone else has ever given you?
1: <laughs> well I, I I'm not sure I ever take this advice but um <laughs> buy the best car you can afford.
0: Yeah, let, let's uh, take a moment and, and go back to that introduction uh these vehicles that you're working on that are your grandfather's <laughs> car, right? Cars, right? The uh these old ones. I mean, there's some interesting stuff there and I've got to ask you this because now is a good time to ask it. The Zip Shadow Racing Cart. What is that?
1: Mm. So that's uh it's um Zip was a a really big name in racing, and still is actually, but right from the 1960s through to the present day. Uh, And this is a little 100cc, two-stroke, direct drive, so you kind of push to start or get somebody to push you to start it, and then you're off. And uh, actually, this historic kart racing over here is pretty competitive, so the idea is to build it up and do a bit more racing.
0: So there's a historic go kart racing there. Well, that's cool. I don't You've got know it. that we have that over here. I think that's pretty neat. And that other vehicle, the Saab 96. Now, there is a very distinctive car uh, for sure. Uh, the way that thing looks. Uh, give me a little bit of a taste of what that car's all about for you.
1: Okay, so yeah, that was the one that was my grandfather's. Uh, he bought it in the mid '70s, so he was the second owner, and. He was an absolutely diabolical driver, and he used to scare the life out of us kids when we were sat in the back of it. And I look at it now, and there are no rear seat belts, and um, I just wonder how we survived, actually. But when he passed away, my uncle uh, had it restored and then realized he didn't like it either, and he gave it to me. And I let it sit for 10 years, thinking this thing scares the life out of me. It's like Christine. Um <laughs> And then, actually, I looked at it, and the more I looked at it, the more I liked it. And uh, so, of course, me being me, I had to take it apart, and I've built a hot engine for it, which is just about to go back in. And I have lowered it a little bit, because I end up doing that always. (laughs) Of course. And it should be on the road in a few months' time. I nearly said a few weeks' time, and I don't want to be held to that.
0: You know, this is pretty cool. I do a second podcast with Keith Martin, who's the publisher of Sports Car Market Magazine, and we did an interview a couple of weeks ago with John Dranius, who writes their Legal Files article about legal issues with collector cars. And in that interview, John, you listeners have to go back and listen to it. It's hilarious. Talked about uh, Keith has a very eclectic taste in cars. Let's put it that way. And he found an old sob. It might have even been the same model that you're talking about. They flew in to drive it back. And when the gentleman said, well, where's the truck you're going to take it home in? They said, well, we're driving it home. And he looked at him and kind of went, I have to go now. <laughs> In Exodus Stage Right, eh, they didn't make it too far. They had a few issues, but you'll have to listen to the show. But uh, it makes me smile just listening about that conversation. So uh, that's nice that you've restored it. Uh, what a great memory of your grandfather. That's pretty darn cool. But of course, in your, your tradition, David, you couldn't leave it alone. You just got to make it a little bit better. So I take my hat off to you for that. Is there a resource out there that you'd like to share that's a go-to for you?
1: Yeah. And actually, it's a physical resource. It's it's a place. And that is uh, Bicester Heritage. Uh, now, it looks like it's Bicester Heritage, the way it's spelt, but it's Bicester Heritage in Oxfordshire in the UK. And it's an old RAF bomber base from World War Two, And it was derelict for decades. And then a few years ago, uh, some guys brought it up with the idea of making it a historic motoring hub. And everybody thought, my God, they're mad. <laughs> and actually... It's the most fantastic place. They've restored all the buildings, and each building has a different uh, classic car specialist in. So you've even got people who restore magnetos, you know, ignition. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got – there's a pre-war Bentley guy. There's an uh, air-called Porsche guy. Uh, there are so many different companies there, and it's just growing all the time. There, oh um, gosh.
0: That sounds cool. restoring
1: a track there as well. Yeah, so it's the most incredible place. And if I ever get fed up with what I'm doing, and that doesn't happen often, but I just have to go to Bista Heritage and just go, my God, this is it. This is the place to be.
0: Now spell that for me. Uh, their, yeah, their, their yes. Yeah. Uh,
1: B-I-C-E-S-T-E-R.
0: Okay, cool. Well, I'll make sure I put a link to that. That sounds like a fabulous place. What a cool idea. I can see when somebody came up with that idea, first people went, you're nuts. But I love the whole concept of it. It sounds just brilliant. Ah, very, very cool. I'll make sure I put a link to that on David's show notes page. Now, David, is there a book you've read that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well?
1: Well, I have so many books, and some of them I just flick through every now and again. But some, again, kind of change things for me. And one of those was um, by the road and track columnist Peter Egan, and he's got a. I think there are four volumes of uh, compilations of his road and track columns, uh, and they're called Side Glances. Yes, and they're just so good and they're so inspirational. He absolutely gets what it is to be messing around with cars. And it doesn't matter whether it's something really flash or something very simple. It's just the pleasure of, of messing with cars. And uh, yeah, that, the way he wrote about them, I think, influenced me many years ago. And I still love reading those. I
0: remember the first book uh, by him that I got, I think it was called Leaning or Leanings. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Great writer. I mean, just fantastic guy. So definitely, sight glances are something every automotive enthusiast should have on their shelf. I'll encourage my listeners to uh, get your hands on those. If you go to the Car Show website, there's a great resource called Guest Recommended Books under the Resource tab. Uh, these books by David will be listed there, and there's over 1600 books there. You could fill a whole automotive library and business library with all the fantastic books my inspiring automotive enthusiasts have recommended here. So check. It out. All right, David, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. I'm going to buy you something very cool today. Any collector vehicle you'd like it could be a bike, motorcycle, truck, tank, even if you want an airplane, I'll buy you one of those. Something very cool, though, but there's a couple. Rules to this game that make it a little bit of a challenge. One is it's the only one collector car you can have, so it needs to tick all those boxes. I want you to enjoy it. So, no garage queens or dust collectors here on cars. Yeah. And here's the last one you can't sell it to buy another project with or fund your business or whatever you want to do. This has got to be a keeper, you've got to hang on to it. So, what can I buy you today, David?
1: Okay. I went through a few of the obvious ones like Mura, which is just so beautiful. But actually, if I was going to keep it, I'm going for a Type 2 Volkswagen camper, ideally with a Porsche engine, but maybe that's cheating.
0: Well, now this is a unique answer, and you threw me for a loop. You know, I ask this question of everybody, and I get thrown some curveballs many, many times, which I put you a smile on my face because it's very revealing to some people. So, a Type 2 VW camper. Well, now that VW pops up again in our conversation,
1: but why a VW? camper well they're stylish you know it could be a split screen or it could be a, a 70s bay window Yeah. Um, but they're so stylish in a weird kind of way and they're iconic but they're also so versatile if i'm going to keep this mm-hmm. for the rest of my life then i want to be able to do all sorts with it so i can put all my friends in it i can go camping in it i can throw a lot of rubbish in it uh i can put my mountain bike in it you know i can go off into the mountains and and Sleep over in it in the middle of nowhere. And, you know, what could be more versatile?
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I have a a good friend here in the Pacific Northwest. His name's Louis Shevchik. He owns a wonderful business called. JNL Fabricating, uh, they work on restore and build vintage race cars. They do trackside service. They also restore classic cars for people, concorde level type cars. Incredible work. And he's just the guy to do this for me, so I can deliver you the right vehicle. He built one of those for a client of his, and they put a Porsche engine, 911 engine in the back. They put Porsche suspension. They even took the dash out and put the the classic Porsche five gauge dash. Inside that thing. So from the outside, it looks completely stocked. But when you get inside and you drive it, there's something else going on with this thing <laughs> that is pretty cool. That particular gentleman took that to uh, Hawaii where he has a family home over there for vacationing. And that's where the car lives so they can go out and have some fun. So it looks like something that's not super expensive. Uh, but yeah, I'll bet it costs a pretty penny when they were done. They took a couple of years to build that thing. So I think I've got the right guy to build you the right kind of Type 2 camper. I love that. Puts a big smile on my face, David. You know, you've taken us on a really fun ride today, talking to us about Magneto and your life and all these cars. I've really enjoyed getting to know you better, and I want to thank you for calling in today. Before I let you go, though, would you share maybe a little parting piece of wisdom or guidance before you head off into the English countryside in that VW camper?
1: I think you just have to keep learning, keep pushing. Even if you don't feel you can do something, keep doing it. But most of all, be nice. Yeah, absolutely. The world could use a lot of that right now.
0: What's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you? And again, get their hands on copies of Magneto.
1: Okay. for Magneto, magnetomagazine.com or follow us on Facebook or Instagram. You'll find us there. And also, we're um, uh, doing this virtual concourse for the uh, lockdown, and that's in aid of UNICEF charity. Uh And you'll find that on concoursevirtual.com.
0: All right, cool. I'll make sure I put links to all of those so that you listeners can partake, enjoy, get your hands on, subscribe, and uh, and sit back and enjoy a little time in the evening away from a computer, away from a, a device, and uh, enjoy a copy of Magneto. I know I'm going to do the, just of that. David, thanks for being so generous today with your time and your expertise and for sharing your life's experiences with us today. It's been fantastic, very inspiring. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road.
1: Fantastic. Thank you, Mark.
0: You're welcome. Maybe we can go camping together. That sounds like fun.
1: (laughs) There you go. Cheers.
0: If you're listening to Cars Yeah, you've probably spent some time working on your favorite ride. But how confident are you working on your finances? You may be able to rebuild a fuel injection system, but can you decipher the details of a mutual fund?